In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and this series is in cooperation with Cinda Virtual, which brings you thought leaders and business stories from all over the world. And you can learn more about Cinda on www.cinda.org. But we don't just bring you thought leaders from all over the world. We also have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the series, let me tell you what the series is about. Uh, Leadership Beyond Borders is about business issues such as artificial intelligence, digital transition, data protection, and leadership issues such as gender balance, business values, and ethics that may impact your organization or your individual career. Now, you can listen to us live every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you miss us live, don't worry about it because we are all over the net. Just put in Leadership Beyond Borders and you'll find us on Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, almost every major podcast platform. And I also invite you to connect with me. Send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. And tell me what you want to hear about on this podcast. So, If you're a leadership position or you aspire to be one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. Now, on to what we're going to talk about today. I mean, most world citizens believe companies and governments are tracking and monitoring their online and offline activities. It is such a common incident in our modern tech lives that almost 50% of our adults, including myself, think it is not possible to go through a day without having some data collected about themselves. Now, data-driven products and services are often marketed with the potential to save users time and money, but do they really do that? And most adults need to be convinced they benefit from the system of widespread data gathering. Many see risks, but you know what we do, and I do the same thing. We continue to hit yes on every cookie banner that comes up. Um, We really don't read what goes on the cookie banners. And honestly, it takes too long to do that. So I usually always press yes, and I'm sure most of our listeners do. So what is happening with data today, and, and where is it being stored, okay? Um, are, are, they say our data is in the cloud, but the answer is where is the cloud? Our information can be spread across data centers anywhere in the world because most cloud providers back up data across multiple sites, and the chances that our data are simultaneous in more than one place or possibly across different countries or continents is possible. So what is going on? And what we're going to do today is we're going to talk with an expert in this area. And our guest today is Tillman Harmeling, and he is a senior export privacy at UserCentrics. And UserCentrics is a global market leader in consent management platforms. They enable businesses to collect, manage, and document user consent on websites, apps, to achieve compliance with global privacy regulations while facilitating high constant rates and building trust with their customers. UserCentrics believes in creating a healthy balance between data privacy and data-driven businesses, delivering solutions for almost every enterprise size. Having focused on privacy business technical complexities throughout his career, Tillman has gained significant and varied experience in how privacy markets work. He joined UserCentrics in 2018 as a senior expert in privacy, and his goals are to understand the ever-changing privacy landscape, find opportunities for innovation. He works with global enterprises and universities and is also a sought-after speaker on current privacy topics at large events such as Dimexo in Germany, Mark Tech Series, and also on our podcast, Leadership Beyond Borders. So, Tillman, welcome back. We haven't talked in a while, but you've been with us. Okay? Um, yes, yes. Yeah. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, yeah. So, so 
Yeah, it's so great. You know, I mean, it's this landscape is always changing. So um, let, let's just kind of, for our listeners who might haven't heard our discussions in the past, kind of start with a little bit, um, you know, uh, talking about privacy. I mean, only Bacan and um, in 2018. Can you just kind of give a, a quick consensus on what went on? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Actually, it, it, it depends a little bit on how far you want to go back. I mean, um big topic was back then, and this is sometimes how also our privacy book starts, we had the industrialization and the urbanization in the 19th century. So people started to actually live a bit closer together. So um, they might at least have developed an understanding on something that they started to miss. Uh, so you could say, which is a feeling of being left alone, something like that. So privacy could be seen as some kind of freedom back then. And after that, we had the development of photography, we had the starting of electronic surveillance systems and um, CCTV cameras, but um, more specifically, and this is very much how the GDPR and CCPA area goes into, are uh, a huge variety of data breaches where we saw private messages going kind of viral already and pictures were publicly exposed, but also different data like passwords, etc., which was a very, very huge deal. And next to that, uh, obviously also um, with Edward Snowden, we had the governmental surveillance programs um, that came out time after time and Cambridge Analytica, um, also a big scandal where we saw the influencing of an election through data, which clearly also shows the other side, so the, uh, the, the, the power of data and the aggregation of it. And last but not least, I want to mention one, one thing, which is <laughs> the bringing of smart devices into our homes. Mm. And finally, you know, like questioning why I see ads sometimes um, when I'm browsing around about things that I've just discussed with someone. Uh, so many, many scandals that lead to missing transparency, lost trust and privacy is then, or the GDPR then started in 2018 to say, well, and um, we have to recreate this trust from a governmental level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, actually, it's a really good point because you kind of forget about, you know, the the development of it. You know, um, yeah. you know, years ago, you know, I want to be alone, privacy, leave me alone. It was kind of a freedom. You're right. And then, um, and then, of course, we had all kinds of movies and books coming out with Big Brother watching you, um, yeah. and long before 2018. Okay, in the 60s or the <laughs> 70s. Okay, and um, and then I remember when you're talking about those smart devices. I remember that. Um, wasn't there like a doll or something that had like a camera in it? And that was before 2018. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Um, yeah. So, um, so we're kind of here where we are. So GDPR was kind of the, the first movement that started to regulate that. Um, so what, you know, that was started in Europe and, um, and then the U.S. came quite closely. What, is, what does it look like worldwide now? Because we know the U.S. Um, with CCPA, and I think Virginia has very strong laws. Um, you know, uh, but where Europe does, what does the rest of the world look like? Yes, very, very good point. Um, exactly as you said. So the GDPR was at least very, very famous for being the first privacy regulations out there, at least, and this is important in the context, how we define it and frame privacy regulations today. So because, for example, um, in 1988, there was already a privacy regulation or a data protection regulation in Australia, for example. So uh, many, many years ago, but today's privacy regulations have a different scope. So they are way broader, uh, less on a specific industry, for example, um, less just for a specific age. So for everyone, um, the consent is more emphasized in today's world. And it's more clear which kind of data is seen as personal identifiable information or personal information. When we are talking a little bit also on the, how to say it, on the the range from a worldwide perspective, then I can assure you that today um, many major markets are already having privacy regulations in place. So um, we saw Japan, China, South Korea, but also Brazil and South Africa, and potentially also very, very soon India. So it's not just, it's not just uh, Europe and the US, but also many, many countries. And today, 
Um, if we bring these numbers together, so without India, I think it's 40 to 50 percent of the population that already is protected under privacy regulations. And most of them um, is quite similar to the GDPR. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you kind of surprise me when you say, uh, say China, because I don't think of China as having privacy. It's <laughs> okay. I mean, um, and when and when I look at forty to fifty percent, that's still kind of not a lot. I mean, um, it, it, how's the speed of this? Is it getting better? Uh, this, actually, yes, yes, yes. So, so, so the speed. Um, is quite a huge topic right now. I think like after the start of 2018, it was every year you saw a couple of privacy regulations coming into place. I mean, just when we are taking a look now at the US in 2023, at the end of 2023, you will see um, a couple of privacy regulations actually coming into effect. I mean, right now we already see in California, CCPA, which is into place, obviously. Um, We also saw or see that um, Virginia is already live and um, right next to that Nevada. But there are a couple of other states that we will see coming uh, into effect in this year, which will be um, Connecticut, for example, and Colorado quite soon in a couple of months. And end of the year, we will see Utah. So this is Mm -hmm. at least from a state level. But also, um, if you see on a country level, when we see India going through, then we have, I don't know, an additional 20% of the world's population or 15% going through and the protection is going on and on and on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm allowed to make a a, 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 um, a joke a little bit on America before I ask you the question. It seems like the blue states are going faster. Um, so, <laughs> okay. um, but, you know, we're talking about that. What, what about, a, 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 I mean, this is complicated because, yes. because uh, you know, if you, have a, if you have a business in California, um, and and Virginia, then you're under two different laws, and then you have one um, U.S. I mean, is there any movement to any kind of national privacy in the U.S. Like one one regulation across all the states? Yeah, 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 yeah for sure, for sure. I mean, this is this already gets um, a little bit tricky. Huh? Because um, it could make sense also from a from a variety um, of, re- of reasons. So so right now, no federal system is obviously no federal, in place, yeah. and um, uh, we've just discussed that. And this could cause problems, um, exactly as you ta- uh, as you just saw, in case of privacy violations like a data breach. So uh, they not act according uh, to the border. So if you are for if you are potentially a victim of a data breach of a company in the same state then it's easy because mm-hmm. the same regulation applies. But therefore, it can be pretty difficult uh, to not have a singular approach for the same problem. So that is currently actually, and uh, very good that you're mentioning that this is currently something that we see also in TREMS and the EU-US data transfer agreement. Mm-hmm. So the complexity is there because the adequacy is not always given. So the states don't necessarily have the same equivalent of what privacy means, of what data protection is mean, of, um, means, and also who can access the data. Um, well, however, this might be solved through federal law. And um, one one interesting thing one can look at here um, are the executive orders. And the executive orders is basically something which is published by the US presidents or at least signed by the US presidents, and they can contain specific information um, and build a baseline of um, federal level because it applies to all states. But still, um, to be honest, it, it stays very, very complex. Yeah. But it could be that we see at least in a couple of years, not right now, but in a couple of years that we see something on a federal level. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and actually, we're going to take a short break, Tillman. And when we come back, I want to talk about data transfer, okay? And, um, and data storage, okay? Um, and so that, you know, our listeners get a, get a chance to understand what that's about. So for our listeners today, our guest is Tillman Harmeling, and he's a senior expert at privacy at UserCentrics. And UserCentrics is a global market leader in the field of consent management platforms. They enable businesses collect, manage, and document user consents on websites and apps to achieve compliance with global privacy regulations while facilitating high 
constant rates and building trust with their customers. Now, if you'd like to learn about UserCentrics, please go to www.usercentrics.com. And UserCentrics of Clearly is also on Facebook and on Instagram and on LinkedIn and Twitter. And if you'd like to reach out to Tillman, you can reach him at tillman on LinkedIn. So please look up user centrics and reach out to Dillman. And this broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda and Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing local search and digital marketing associations. They hold virtual conferences, do market research, do legislative uh, white papers in cooperation with companies such as UserCentric. And they have conferences. And their next conference is May 22nd to 24th in Berlin, Germany. And you can go to www.cinda.org to sign up for that conference. And you can also meet the UserCentric's team in Berlin. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. See what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio. If you're looking to grow your money safely, reduce taxes and market risk, enhance returns on investments, reduce cost of borrowing, and safely create positive arbitrage, look no further than your personal bank. Your personal bank, hosted by Ference Talth, is a financial concept that strategically integrates financial tools from the banking and insurance industries to continue growth on funds even when you access them for other purposes. Your personal bank. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And today we're talking about privacy. I mean, quite a big subject for most of us. And in the intro, I said, you know, we all concerned about it. But then when we go on the web, we click those cookies. Uh, we put things on Facebook or, or excuse me, Meta. Okay, um, and and we don't think about it. So uh, kind of our kind of our habits contradict our thoughts a lot of time. And our guest today is uh, Tillman Harmeling, and he's a senior expert on privacy at UserCentrics. And UserCentrics is a global market leader in the field of consent management. And they enable businesses to collect, manage, and document user consents on websites and apps to achieve compliance worldwide. So they, um, Tillman and his colleagues know what they're talking about. So um, Tillman, we kind of did a little bit on the history. Um and then we kind of just said data transfer. So, you know, we're sitting we're sitting in, in Europe, you and I, and then we have a colleague in California. We have a colleague in Virginia. I mean, what 
this is kind of for me, kind of like the bottomless pit. Okay, you know what? <laughs> what, what, what? I mean, what? What are the rules around d- data transfer? What are we seeing right now? Yeah, quite, quite, <laughs> quite, quite an interesting topic. I mean, this is uh, exactly as I say. This is a never-ending topic. Um, well, where to start? Actually, you are so. So, what the fundamental baseline problem is basically that here in Europe or actually around the world, but Europe is a specific example because we are having this data transfer rules. Um, a big, big point is actually that many companies uh, in Europe are using um, US services. For example, uh, Google mm-hmm. Ads is a big services, um, YouTube, iframe implementation. So when you watch a video on a website, then there is data going to YouTube after you consented. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> there are specific reasons, uh, like in GDPR, there is the article, the article uh, 49, where you can make, for example, an exception to send data to a country where it's not seen as adequate data protected. And the reason for it, and this is, I think, basically the direction where you actually want to go to, is why is there such a big problem? And according to Schrems 2, who basically killed, uh, Max Schrems killed basically the former um, privacy agreement between uh, the states and uh, and the European Union. But there was one very, very specific article in it, uh, which was Article 702, and it tackled the access on individuals' data, uh, in this case, of American intelligence services. Uh, this has obviously a couple of requirements, but when we are in the European Union and the data is flowing in the US, then uh, governmental institutions can access this kind of data. And this is um, not always seen as an equivalent mm. to the European side here. And this is therefore seen as a problem. Oh. Okay, so I'm sitting, let's let's just kind of just do an example for our listeners for a minute. So mm-hmm. I'm sitting here in Prague, okay, and I watch a YouTube video that's probably the server is probably in, I don't know where YouTube server is, Silicon Valley someplace, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I press the consent, okay? And then mm-hmm. now it, it's my IPO address or my email address or whatever, you know, is on you. And then the agreement said that the American intelligence so I don't know—is that the CIA or the FBI? Who knows? Okay, they—they <laughs> so they can take my data. So that was the big problem. Is that kind of like a concrete example of it? Mm, kind of. Yes. Not really. Yes. No. 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 You are. You are. You are actually right. But but the first thing is, um, and this is where it actually becomes a little bit more complex because usually when you are so Google has also servers in the European Union. So usually when you start to watch a video um, here on the European uh, area, then potentially your data goes first onto Ireland, for example, or Germany or whatever, where the Google servers are. But then they are potentially also transferred to the servers inside of the US. Ah, okay. So this is uh, this is the first big complexity where data is flowing because obviously it's kind of invisible, so you cannot touch it. Uh, so that is that is one big thing, um, and the other thing obviously is how easily um, the data can be accessed by exactly as you said in your example, mm-hmm. um, the American intelligence services. Uh, Mm-hmm. Okay, so where where are we today with this in getting to agreement? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, uh, the EU and the US have they come to an agreement? Are they still talking? What's going on with this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is this is this is not not the actually yeah actually it is kind of the billion dollar question. I mean, um, we were previously discussing about this executive order which is signed by a president and um, this executive order. Uh, it was, I think it was the 7th of October last year where it was signed and it was basically about data transfer between the European Union and the US. And the executive order is not like a real regulation, but historically it has a similar binding power than a regulation. Mm-hmm. And now it now it actually it becomes a little bit interesting because we now have to understand what the things are that are happening in the European Union. And so we are having the executive order right now, and in it are a couple of steps on what to do and 
how to share data, etc., etc. And what happens now is that the Commission, the European Commission, is making a decision on the equivalency. So, so is it is it good? Is it not good? Is it adequate? What the um, what Europe or the European Union say in the end? Well, it has a very good protection of individuals' data or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And after we are talking, and after this, basically this decision is made by the European Commission, it goes to the European Data Protection Board, the EDPB, and they are giving then an, another opinion to the adequacy of the opinion of the Commission, basically. And then after that, so so it's even more complex. <laughs> then after that, the, the the European Parliament gives a final decision, and when this decision is still positive, then then the US is implementing what it says in the um, uh, in the executive order. But in there, um, we are already having two kind of I don't want to say problems, but <laughs> but we already have two things that needs further further discussions. Uh? One is, again, this um, Article 702 by Max Schrems, Schrems 2, mm-hmm. basically, which tackles the uh, American intelligence services. And the other one is how fast we can actually integrate the steps of the executive order um, right now. So mm-hmm. these are the big steps. And one, maybe, maybe one last comment on that, because, because the... Um, uh, Didier Reinders, he is basically the the um, European Commission's justice chief, and he's very positive and says, well, the U.S. safeguards are on the, on the same level, so it makes sense. European Union kind of equals the U.S., everything good. Um, but Max Rems on the other side, you know, he said it won't survive before the Court of Justice. So there is still um, unclarity, and to be honest, uh, let's see what the outcome is. We still, I think we still don't have the uh, European Commission's decision, and as I said, after that we still have to wait for the EDPB and then the European uh, Parma- Parliament, and then it goes back to the US. So many, many steps to take, and still um, quite an urgent topic. Huh. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was just thinking, and I want to ask the question from a business point of view, okay? Um, but I mean, first of all, you know, uh, oh my gosh, I mean, mm. my kids, my kids' grandkids could probably be getting out of university when this gets done. You know what I mean? So, so, <laughs> hopefully not. I mean, I mean hopefully, hopefully not. not. <laughs> we, you know how the world, the wheels of politics roll. Okay, I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and then, and I, and I can't as um, as American living in Europe, I cannot see them giving up Article 702. I just don't think they'll do that. Um, (laughs) Really. And um, so, so what what happens as you know the you've given an example but there's there's it's not just about google and you know there's a lot of complaints yeah. around google um a lot of plans complaints about meta okay um and and data and we know they've gotten fined for doing things not exactly correctly yeah. but but it's also kind of a, a middle-sized enterprises okay um that may have servers in in the US so, or um so you know how do we continue on with business? I mean, and are are the middle-sized enterprises aware of these issues? Partly. Partly, mm-hmm. yes. So mm-hmm. um, we've already seen a couple of cases from Google Analytics where it is allowed, where it's not allowed anymore. And Google is obviously, they are acting on that. Uh, so they are mm-hmm. acting on that in adjusting from Google Analytics 3 to Google Analytics 4 and a mm-hmm. couple of settings. Like they are yeah. um, eliminating a couple of, uh, so the IP address, um, they're hashing it basically, but also they are limiting the amount of data which is sent from A to B. So these are a couple of topics and reactions to the rulings of the data protection um, authorities from European countries um, that we've seen in there. Uh, it's kind of tough, especially for small and medium businesses. Um Partly you can already decide. So there are also, this is um, another topic, there are also servers, obviously, um, by the big tech players, the big US tech players in the US, there are um, servers here also in Europe. So this is Mm -hmm. one potential solution to make sure that Mm -hmm. your data is stored here. But there are also um, um, server providers uh, here in Europe that you can immediately tackle so that you kind of use European solutions from the beginning so that there is no risk that data is sent from A to B. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, and, and we're talking about the U.S. So let's just yeah. expand this for a minute. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, I'll just, you know, use an example on um, 
call centers or something. Okay, you know, um, which which do access your data. Um, mm-hmm. I, I use Lufthansa today. I don't know where the call center was, but I can tell you it was not. <laughs> it was not in the European Union for sure. Okay. Um, yeah. um, you know, uh, and um, you know, high big tech companies such as the countries such as Israel with servers. Um, uh, what happens with the other countries? Is is the European Union like uh, negotiating? Do they care? You know, or is it fo- mm. or is it all focused primarily on the U.S.? Uh, the U.S. for sure has has a specific mm-hmm. um, how to say it um, has has a specific impact because. It's it's so urgent because everyone is using their services, their right. servers, etc. So this is yeah. why obviously this is the higher pressure on it. Okay. Um, the big question above it is still: Do we have the adequacy and the equivalence of data protection in other countries? Uh-huh. And this is the baseline, basically, to say: Well, you are allowed to bring data into Japan, into South Korea, etc. And this is something that is partly seen in other countries. Um, so data can be transferred, of course, into other countries, but in others, obviously not. And this mm-hmm. is um, the, the major markets are kind of having solutions in place for that. So the baseline is set, the adequacy is there. But um, as I said, the pressure is way higher in the U.S. because everyone is using the services and servers, etc., yeah, I mean, and that's pretty big. Um, so, you know, this is this is fascinating because I think um, I think we're kind of bringing bringing some clarity for some of our listeners. And as you said, you know, this is a, a smaller, medium business. Um, I mean, it'd be a medium-sized enterprise that has a server probably in the U.S. or someplace else. Um, most of the small ones would probably have it here within Europe or or keep within Europe. But it's it's a it's amazing impact on business flow, also Tillman, isn't it? I mean, um, totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So we're, we're going to take another short break. And when we come back, I, I want to talk um, a little bit about what's going on. What do we see going up, um, you know, there, you know, from actually from the consumer point of view on, on cookie, cookie laws changes, um, uh, because, you know, I still laugh about that because I really don't read anything that they send me. So, <laughs> so, I mean, so, uh, um, but we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that after the break. And uh, for our for our listeners, um, we're talking about privacy and your privacy, data protection, custom data transfer, and uh, how it affects the business world. And our, our guest today is Tillman Harmeling, and he's a senior expert at privacy at UserCentrics. And UserCentrics is a global market leader in the field of consent management platforms. They enable businesses to collect, manage, and document user consents on websites, apps, and achieve compliance with globally private regulations and as we just heard uh, those regulations are pretty complicated uh, so user centrics helps people simplify them and if you'd like to learn about user centrics then please go to www.usercentrics.com and user centrics is obviously on all social media is on Facebook is on Instagram is on Twitter so you can go to find them there. And they also on LinkedIn under user centrics under the company profile. Now, if you'd like to reach out to Tillman, you can reach him at Tillman Harmeling and he is on LinkedIn. And this uh, broadcast is also brought to you by Cinda and Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit and digital marketing and local search associations. They hold training conferences, do market research and legislative white papers. Um, many of their paper white papers are about privacy and in cooperation with user centrics. You can find those white papers on www.cinda.org and they also have conferences and the next big conference is coming up May 22nd to 24th in Berlin, Germany. And you can register for that at www.cinda.org and they all, Cinda also has an e-learning platform in cooperation with Boss Startup Science and this is for founders and accelerators to help them guide startups from idea to exit. So please go on to www.cinda.org to check out the e-learning platform. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back.
Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. On the front lines of technology and business, there's a battle of survival. Behind the scenes, businesses are on a mission to keep a vigilant watch for threats in an ongoing cyber war that is affecting everyone, everywhere. The obstacles and barriers companies face today are bigger, more technologically complex, and disruptive than ever before. So when you need answers to win the battle, tune in to Cybersecurity America with your host, Joshua Nicholson. You'll learn what it's like running cybersecurity operations teams inside some of the world's largest companies. It's a cyber backstage pass and real-world advice for cyber defenders, CISOs, and security professionals. Cybersecurity America airs every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to leadership beyond borders do you have a question or comment about our show please send an email to leadership beyond borders at gmail.com again that's leadership beyond borders at gmail.com now back to this week's program welcome back to leadership beyond borders i'm kimberly lewis your host and today we're talking about um privacy and then we're you know in the beginning and i said we're all concerned about it but doesn't mean as consumers we really do something about it. Of course, in businesses, um, uh, large enterprises, large tech companies are, are extremely concerned of what we just talked about in the last segment on on data transfer and 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 making sure that the U.S. and the EU can get along in their playpen together, um, so that business can go on as usual. And uh, Tillman, so um, I want to come back. Um, we're going to leave the big guys out for a minute, okay, on the data transfer. I'll come back to to the little guys, okay? So um, in the, you know, in the beginning, I said, here, I'm a consumer, and I get these cookies. Um, I, I have to say, I think I've read it maybe twice, okay, or maybe a pop-up. Um, what What's going on now in that area okay um is this going to get stricter is it going to get easier um you know when you're entering a website uh, what are the trends for the privacy uh quite quite a good point huh? i mean you're you're basically according to your question i refer this a little bit as what is the trends of simplification mm-hmm. um that we see there and actually, there are there are a couple of examples that we are having. I would actually say um, a big one would be um, contextual privacy. Huh? Contextual privacy is basically, or let me let me rephrase that. Privacy is something that we currently see as a binary thing. Huh? You enter a website and you do one decision, and <laughs> as you mentioned yeah. in the beginning, you usually you are not reading what it says in the CMP. Uh, right. So you're basically saying, yes, take my data, or no, do not my, uh, take my data. And this decision is binary is basically meant by now everything else has no kind of impact anymore. So, so, so you once took a decision, and this decision stays then, right? Right. And this is, it doesn't really seem to be fair to me. Because on the website, they're happening a lot of things. So, for example, in the beginning, we were discussing about this YouTube video. Right. So, when you come to a website, potentially imagine that you won't see a CMP, a cookie banner in the first place. Huh? Uh, but as you then see the YouTube video, in the moment, before you load the video, it asks you for consent. Huh? Um, if you want to watch the video, you know, Google is, um, uh, there is data going to uh, to YouTube, YouTube is by Google. Are you okay with that? Uh, so this is this is basically a contextual privacy that it's not one decision, but you are informed along the user journey um, actually about the impacts of privacy. When you want to do something, please click yes. Uh, so this is kind of a more fair approach. This would be um, one example. So the contextual privacy but another example is um apple 
is having um, a couple of interesting ways to simplify privacy. And a big one, uh, Google is also doing it or starting it, I think, not sure, uh, is the nutrition labels for privacy. So before you actually download an application, it um, gives you a couple of information on, well, now they are um, creating this data of you, now they are creating this data when you download the app and when you are using it. So you are informed on a granular um, but quite, quite a simplified way about the data that is actually aggregated about you. It's actually iconized. So privacy icons, <laughs> mm-hmm. now when we are talking about it, uh, is also a way to, uh, or an approach to simplify privacy. So I was discussing uh, with the University of Luxembourg about that because they are uh, having a project to actually simplify privacy through international icons that we could use, you know, like this like specific symbols that for nuclear power, for example, there is um, a symbol that everyone around the world understands. And for privacy, you could create something similar and bring it out. So when you see the icons, you immediately know, oh, this is um, this is what this, this company or this website is doing with my data. Uh, so this would also be, um, last but not least, one example. And also, uh, maybe... While I'm still talking, <laughs> yeah, keep going. Uh, yep. <laughs> fourth example would be um, they tried this in Italy actually to create comics and um, comics basically to simplify privacy because it's way easier to read than these 300 pages of documents yes. um, um, of, of uh, I don't know uh, privacy policies. Uh, so yeah. this is uh, another example here. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I think the icons is brilliant. I mean, it's kind of like yes. when you go to the grocery store and you pick something up and it has a gluten-free or it says uh, no dairy or whatever. I mean, uh, people are so used to that. Um, that yeah. you, you kind of you kind of associate the icon with one thing, and then you know immediately. Um, uh, that's a that's a brilliant project. Congratulations, yeah, exactly. Congratulations, Luxembourg. <laughs> so, um, and 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 the comics is kind of funny too because, I mean, yeah. you're right. You know, one of the things when you hit those banners, it's just, it's the pages and pages. You know, and 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 and, and, and even even sometimes, uh, you know, I said I've looked at a couple of them, but then I get through the first two paragraphs and then I just say yes, okay. Uh, oh, stop it. Stop. Uh, and uh, <laughs> stop, stop, stop. Okay, but so I think, um, you know, I, 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 this is great that it's simple simplification for the user and um, and um, I, I want to come back to the businesses, okay? Because um, you know, we went through in, in 2020 as the pandemic came, you know, all these SMBs and you know it, um, went online, all right. Um, and if they didn't have website, the increase of the websites just it just it, you know boomed. And so, do you think most of these SMBs now understand that? They do have to get consent. Um, you know, do they have, you know, privacy on their websites? Um, I'm talking about like the little shop here in Mulheim in the War down here that sells uh, or the, the flower shop on the corner. OK, yeah. where, where are we with that? Good point. Good point. I mean, to be honest, um, we were discussing this in the previous section and it's super tough. It's super complex. And we know this, um, I'm working for this company since 2018, which is kind of the beginning uh, of GDPR. And it was from the beginning, <laughs> I can tell you, I can assure you, it was from the beginning complex. You know? mm-hmm. And the complexity comes basically from a couple of different efforts. Uh? So when we are thinking about basically you're having a website and usually I think companies are thinking, well, now I just need a banner and this banner says, we use cookies. Are you okay with that? Uh, but this is for sure not where it, star- where, where it stops. Because, because, for example, you, have, you really have to understand your website. So you have website efforts, like which services and technologies are you using? Are you using Google Analytics, Criteo, YouTube, etc.? And then when you have them identified, you have to classify them according to, is it marketing, is it functional, is it analytical, etc.? Uh, this is the second thing. And then you have to make sure that they are reacting towards the decision of the end user. So only when you, Kimberly, said, yes, I want to watch this video, then obviously only then this video should start. Right? Mm-hmm. 
So this is kind of a website and tech effort that we are seeing there. Um, from a tech perspective, also obviously, where do we store the consent? Because on the other side, maybe you have never watched a video on YouTube in your entire life, but YouTube still knows a couple of things about you. How can that be? And this could be then for the SMBs that they have to prove, well, but you consented here on this website. So this is um, also a big thing. And next to that, obviously, the legal efforts. Yeah? So you have to describe the technologies that you're using. I'm using Google Analytics. Google Analytics is doing ABC. So you also have to maintain that when Google Analytics 3 becomes Google Analytics 4, then it is something different in a way. Yeah? And last but not least, also... It's a little bit less for SMBs, but also relevant are the marketing um, and data efforts that you're having. I mean, one, one of the big points, I think, to be honest, we started in that quite, quite at the beginning, mm -hmm. is the trusted environment, how right. you can create that. And to be honest, when you see a very nice branded CMP that goes in a native design with the website over, then you, it's way easier to actually create a trusted environment because you think it's part of the website. Oh, mm -hmm. this, this is right. This feels good. This feels correct. And we've tested there a lot, actually, on the also the user behavior. If they get higher consent rates, then so, mm -hmm. so um, does the user actually feel trusted? when you use specific uh, color buttons or mm -hmm. specific designs. So this also clearly works. So the marketing efforts would also be something um, where I would say where SMBs potentially could could get um, a problem. And, and I think they, they, they know the requirements that we have to do something. There are legal mm -hmm. requirements, but potentially they don't have in mind that it's website efforts, marketing efforts, legal efforts, tech efforts. So all of these different things i mean it's simply to be honest it's too much because it's not yeah. their core business right yeah yeah so they they just want to sell flowers okay so exactly. yeah <laughs> selling flowers yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I i you know i think that makes sense and um and i think that's where companies such as user central comes in to help people do that because um exactly you know the, the, the <laughs> you know you can't you can't um This is just way too much. Um, even when you do understand it, it's way too much. And if you want to sell flowers, then you just have to get somebody else to do it for you. So, exactly. No, I think so. Um, we're getting towards the end, Tillman. So, what what do you think? Um, just for our, our listeners out there, um, uh, I have two questions. One, uh, yep. first, what do you think the next biggest thing is that's going to happen? Okay, what do we have to watch out for when it comes to privacy? That's the first question. Okay. <laughs> what is what is what is what is the second? So so that I can, you know, I can manage the second, time. No, you know? no, like, just answer just answer that quickly, and then for the you know for our listeners, um, a message from you about privacy for our listeners. Okay. 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 Very good. So so uh, ah, the biggest challenge. Okay. Okay. Good one. Good one. Uh, it's three biggest challenges that I actually come up with. Um, one is how we handle AI, because to be honest, I mean, it sim partly yeah. simplifies life and how we can work with it. And we are really impressed by it. But to be honest, we hardly understand it. What is happening with our data? How was it created? Yeah. Where and to whom is the data flowing? So many, many unanswered questions, um, especially also in the way of privacy. I mean, like mm -hmm. AI is uh, for sure a very, very huge topic that we have to solve. Um, mm -hmm. Again, in the European Union, they start with an AI act that is coming out soon, talking about transparency, accountability, data ethics, etc. So this is a big point. Second one, I will do it brief. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, how will tracking look like in the future? So end of third party mm -hmm. technologies is a big thing. It created awareness also on that cookies is not the only thing how you can track users. Yeah. The question is also like the future, you know, what will we use? Is it zero and first party data, unified identities, contextual advertising? So many, many unanswered questions here and many testing in the market, but it's Again, it's the hundred billion dollar question, kind of. Mm -hmm. And 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 last but not least, and this is also, I think, this is where it could go along with the one thing that I that I might also give to the audience or to the users. It's a fundamental big question on how we can in the future protect sensitive data. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, the question for everyone is which data of you is okay. 
if it is shared to everybody. Yeah. I know it sounds a bit simplified, and there is obviously there is encryption, there's privacy enhancing mm -hmm. techniques, but the risk of a data breach in the end is real, and mm -hmm. you always have to question like about my data, what do I feel comfortable sharing when it also potentially reads my neighbor kind mm -hmm. of. Yeah, no, I think that I think that's a I think that's a really good point, and especially after we've seen so many data breaches, um, exactly in the last couple of years. But uh, no, I think three three great things that Tillman we could actually do a, a complete show on those. So we should think about <laughs> the sure, first yeah. on the three things, um, and a great tip for our a great tip for our listeners to think about your data and think about you know how you protect your data and what what data you want to give because um there have been quite a few breaches in the last couple of years big ones and um and it affects all of us but uh we're kind of at the end now so Tillman it's been so great having you back on the show and to clarify some of these things for our listeners and for our listeners we have been talking with Tillman Harmeling and he's a senior expert at privacy at UserCentrics and UserCentrics is a global market leader in the field of consent management platforms they enable businesses to collect manage and document user consents on websites and apps to achieve compliance with global Privacy regulations, which we've heard today, are also quite complicated. They also help small and biz medium businesses um, get privacy right so they can focus on their business. And if you'd like to learn about UserCentrics, please go to www.usercentrics.com. They are also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And if you'd like to reach out to Tillman, you can go to Tillman-Harmeling on LinkedIn. And uh, Tillman, again, thank you so much. It's been so great having you. Um, yeah. Great subject. Thanks for having me. <laughs> okay, yeah, and, absolute pleasure. Like yeah, yeah, <laughs> and we'll and we'll tackle those other three points in another in another. Perfect. <laughs> Looking okay. forward. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and listeners, um, this has been brought to you by Cinda. Please go to www.cinda.org for more information on their on their white papers, their conferences, and their conference in Berlin, May twenty second to twenty fourth. And please listen to us live every Tuesday, 3 p.m. specific time. And thank you for listening in today. And if you have any questions, send me, a, drop me a mail at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. And with that, take care and tune in again next week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.